Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So, let us begin. The Emperor is awaiting my report. So the 20 starts off where Saw Gerrera has a little bit more information he needs to give Jin. He plays a hologram recording of Galen Erso, and it is a very long monologue essentially describing uh, all of the work that he's done and how Galen tells Jin that the reactor core in the Death Star uh, was a conscious decision that he made because he wanted to make it something that could be destroyed, and if he didn't take part in the project, somebody else would have made it perfect, and ultimately the Rebellion wouldn't have had any hope whatsoever. Meanwhile, uh, Tarkin is demanding that Krennic give him a proper demonstration of how the Death Star in fact works. And so uh, Krennic is really reluctant to let that happen. We haven't worked out all the bugs yet. And Tarkin's like, no, we're going to try and blow up the holy city on Jeddah. And so they do. And it works gangbusters. This is his crazy mushroom cloud on Jeddah while our heroes are trapped in a prison cell. And this, of course, disrupts the conference between Jin and Saw. Yes, so Tarkin essentially tells him, you only need to blow up the city, but Krennic says, oh, we can do the whole planet if you want. Uh, but as they're back on Jeddah, the uh, horizon is literally disappearing on them as it's exploding in mushroom clouds. Uh, Cassian calls K2 to come pick them up uh, in a last-ditch effort. Uh, the prisoner, the, our heroes escape with prisoner Bodhi. Uh, Saw dies in his own glory of sorts. Uh, and then our heroes are on the run uh, towards uh, Edu when they, because uh, that's what where Galen is located and Jin tells Cassian that. Uh, Cassian then gets in touch with the rebel base to find out uh, what are his orders now that things have changed. Uh, the Empire seems to know which ship to follow to go after Edu, but first, um, seeing that the Death Star works as well as it does, in spite of his um, his lack of faith, Tarkin basically tells Krennic, okay, this project is mine now, bye-bye, I'm going to tell the Emperor that this was all me, bye. And so they uh, send a bunch of people to chase after uh, Cassian and Jin to Edu. Yes, so that's that's kind of the case there. The reason why Tarkin is telling Krennic that he's incompetent is because of the leaked information. And Krennic thinks that, oh, well, I just blew up Jeddah, so there's no way the pilot got the information out. But then they find out that Galen Erso, uh, Krennic finds out that Galen Erso has been said mole in likely situation. So he's just going to Edu. He doesn't know Cassian and Jin are going to be there. It's just going to be a uh. shitstorm in about two minutes of screen time. And that's roughly where it ends. Cassian kind of departs the the rest of the gang yeah. to to basically go go meet up with Galen or just to get an idea, a scope of what's happening down over the hill. A scope of what's happening? Well, that's mm -hmm. a good choice of terms because K2 tells Jin, unrealizing though that he had his sniper rifle with him, so in the configuration, in the sniper configuration. That's right, that was so. one of my trivia questions. Oh, was it by really? The way. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, what does K2 note about Cassian's weapon before he sets off on Edu? It's in the sniper configuration. Man, K2 is such a good character. He is a good character. Want to do a couple of K2 quotes because there's not that many good quotes, but the two best are both K2s. Oh, I disagree. There's lots of good quotes in here. I think but, there's a couple, but, but sure. I don't think there's that many. To be honest, I think you're. I think I find some of them that you probably liked cheesy. There were some that I was really not a huge fan. Of. Okay, I just think some of them are like movie defining quotes. Some of them, yeah. Like they call it the Death Star. There's no better name. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, how about um, I will be tell I will tell him that I'll be taking control of the weapon I spoke of years ago, effective immediately. Um, that is a great line. Everything from Tarkin's excellent. Oh, Saw Gerrera has a good line. Save the rebellion, save the dream. I hate that line. Why? It's delivered horribly. It's yeah, the so performance isn't good. Overdramatic, and 
No, I think it is a hokey, lame line. I mean, it, it's like it's like he wrote a speech and he was just happy that he finally got to deliver <laughs> his final, like, those were going to be always his last words that he wanted. It also and re- he just didn't care the context that they were in. He just needed to say, like, this final statement. It was just like an arrogant... It was very Saw Gerrera, actually. It also reminds <laughs> me of Save Me, Save the World from Heroes. Oh, Save the Cheerleader, Save the World. Yeah. 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 Man, that is a, that first season of Heroes. <laughs> Whew, what a good man that went downhill. Yeah, one of the great plummets ever in TV. Really I think. one of the greatest. What an incredible first yeah. season. How about um, Tarkin? The Holy City will be enough for today. That's very sinister. Yes, that is very sinister. I do have a great exchange between Krennic and Tarkin. Uh, one had hoped that he and Lord Vader might be here for such an occasion. And I thought it prudent to save you from potential embarrassment. Your mm-hmm. concern is hardly warranted. If saying it would only make it so. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty condescending. Uh, you stand here amidst my achievement, not, not yours. yours. <laughs> that is such a like. It's such it's a, a tantrum. tantrum. Yeah, he's yeah. having a fit, he but rightfully so. so. Oh, absolutely. I will tell him that I will be taking control over the weapon I first spoke of years ago, effective immediately. <laughs> we stand here amidst my achievement, not yours. Uh, the great K two lines, though, would be. Um, there you are. I'm standing by as you requested. Although there's a problem on the horizon, there is no horizon. There is no horizon. <laughs> and the other one being, uh, one blast to the reactor module and the whole system goes down. That's how you said it. The whole system goes down. It's another one of my trivia questions. What needs to be blown <laughs> to mal- malfunction the whole system of the Death Star, the reactor or the reactor module? That's right. <laughs> All right, well, I'm just going to give you my other trivia question while we're here. <laughs> I'll do mine after. Uh, where do the heroes set their course for believing they'll uh, find Galen Erso? I realize now we said that also in the, the recap. The Imperial Refinery. Trivia was impossible for this 20. That was my first one as well. So yeah. my, pad- my Padawan one was uh, where was Galen Erso conducting his work, the right. Edu Imperial uh, Kyber Refinery. Uh, my night question is who portrays uh, the gunners who push the buttons to blow up Jeddah City? Who portrays the gunners? Yes, who plays them? Like an actor? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. So the actors are Ryan Johnson and Ron Bergman. <laughs> Who's Ron Bergman? Rom. Ron R- Bergman. R-A-M. He's, he, he works on Star Wars. Really? He, yeah, part of, um, I forget this, uh, part of the production team, if I'm not mistaken. Have you seen the trailer for Ryan Johnson's new movie, by the way? Knives Out? Yeah, it looks amazing. It looks so cool. It looks awesome. I like this new Agatha Christie tradition that we're starting in movies again well yeah that's definitely the vibe that they were going for i I forget what it was described as a combination between uh, clue and murder on the orient express yeah and like fast and furious (laughs) like like it's (laughs) also got like some kind of like really like gritty um exciting kind of action in it i think well hopefully that will be redeeming for ryan johnson that'd be nice Uh, because although he doesn't seem too Bugged by it, uh, the man's gotten too much nope. flack. D and D are public enemies number one right now yeah. with the hate nerds on the internet. They kind of they are. can only hate so many people at once. <laughs> and uh, my master question is: What are the odds of failure during the landing on Edu? Oh, I don't remember him saying the odds. I remember him saying, uh, "I'm not happy with the odds," or "I'm not I'm not excited about the odds," or something. Uh, the odds of failure are 26%. Okay. And uh, then I forget exactly what K2 says, but Bodie mentions, though, that he us- I usually don't come this way. And he said, well, that increases it to a 35% chance of failure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. So, so I, th- I thought that was great because 3PO is like, the odds are always shit. Yeah. But I was shocked. Those are actually not bad odds. No, the odds actually, actually favor them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
but never tell me the odds. Whereas Han had odds that were like 0.3%. <laughs> Why do we really think Saw Gerrera kind of gave up in this moment? I think it's because he got kind of that final message across. He had no chance of surviving. I don't know. He could have gone along with Cassian. He could have maybe gone along with Cassian, but they were his prisoners to yeah. a degree, and it would have been a whole kerfuffle, and Saw would have slowed them down. It's just, He was a warrior. It's not in his, it would not have been in his style to, uh, to slow them down, but it's also in his style to want to go out in a blaze of glory just for self-gratification. Right, sure. Um, and I think that is fitting. The character is incredibly pompous. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of nice to see, like, your uh, traditional emergency Star Wars hologram. In yes. This, this tense. We haven't really seen a lot with the new acquisition films. There's not been really a whole lot of there needs hologramming a, in general. There needs to be a lot of hologramming in Episode Nine. I think so, too. I thought there was a couple really good, uh, like, the U-Wing, first of all, is such a great ship. That's, that's the, Cassian's that's ship? That's Cassian's ship. Yeah. Awesome. It is awesome cool. ship. Yeah. Um, but I thought there were some really good uh, shots. Like, all of the destruction and the explosions on Jeddah were incredible. Uh, and I thought my fa- one of my favorite parts was the crash landing on Edu. Okay. Uh, it just, it felt like Luke's X-Wing crashing into Dagobah. Oh, it did. It was it did. so Star Wars-y. I loved it. It felt so within the universe the way it should have. There's a real blue hue to that planet, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, there really is. It's... Uh, uh, but thing is, though, I love that. I think I, I really want more atmospheric uh, stylist, styles in Star Wars. Well, take it a step it further. Sh- it shouldn't be hard. Take it a step further. Um, I really noticed in this scene, we don't see enough rain in Star Wars. Nope. Uh, and we see it on Kamino in Attack of the Clones. Um, there was always- piss the- pouring rain there, and it, it looks really good. The Death Star was always supposed to crash into water. Yep. And so that's why I'm happy, or in terms of George Lucas's vision- um, and so, uh, whether it was going to be in the force awakens now, it's gonna be the rise of Skywalker. We will get to see some water return, but it's long, long overdue. Yes. Um, yeah. Because there are so many cool things you could, and to be honest, I think the technology is moving forward and what, uh, James Cameron's doing with avatar, uh, the potential for water world, the Mon Calamari, uh, in the star Wars world to be explored more moving forward with Aquaman and like there's potential for some very cool water worlds in the future because potentially the technology is what makes it just such a hurdle. I always thought we've been lacking a uh, lightsaber duel in the rain. Yes. Uh, and we, we do see that, I mean, that flashback to the Knights of Ren in Force Awakens appears to be piss pouring rain as well, so I don't know if we're going to see a little something there in uh, in The Rise of Skywalker. Um, on a beach, I've also thought that a lightsaber duel on the beach would be really cool. Yeah, because like that's what Scarif is, that's why it's so awesome. Yeah. Because it looks, like, it's just a very out of Star Wars world, but still 100% fits like they are able to kind of change the landscape enough that it seems like this totally other world yeah um and I, I don't know like specifically why they did it but like the some a lot of the art for Rogue One was done in a light hue with a light background whereas all Star Wars like poster art is done with a dark like starry background right and so I thought that was just kind of an interesting way but it definitely is reflective of uh, Scarif and just how much like it, it ends on that kind of uh, beachy, not where you would expect all of your heroes to die. Well, except for that, like beaches are where a lot of people die in well, the war in in real life. Well, th- there is tons. There's a like a, a handful of shots that are like uh, really going after beaches in Normandy. Sure, um, that that was without a doubt the intention. Yeah, 
Yeah. Now you mentioned uh, the visuals of the explosions after the attack of the Death Star. Yeah, they're great. Uh, great moment, really haunting moment from Ben Mendelsohn when he looks out the window and he says, "Oh, how beautiful!" Oh, I know. I love it. That is a menacing line. That's yeah. that could be the title. Uh, or uh, there is no horizon. There is no horizon's good. I also think the holy city, holy city, will be enough for today. Is really good. It is a good one. I don't know if it's got enough punch. Okay. The thing it's because that line is just so great because of the way Tarkin says it. Yeah. Yeah. And Tar- Tar- Tarkin's enough of a of a cartoon that it's okay that he's literally a cartoon here. Well, that's true. Although I wanted to say, I think the rendering of Tarkin is even better in this 20 than his first revelation. I think yeah. he looks stunning here. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I don't know whether it's the lighting or they go super up close on him in the other one too. But yeah, uh, no, it definitely looks great. And uh, definitely, <laughs> it, it, it's definitely an evil way to take the project away. <laughs> How? Oh, I know. It's, I know. And I, I you almost feel it. You. It's weird to make you feel bad for Krennic, who's already so evil. Yeah. How much time passes between this preliminary test of the Death Star weapon and when they actually kill or when they blow up Alderaan? Like a few days? Like, uh, like a day, maybe. Like a day. So like really quickly, they're like, oh, let's turn up the gear. Let's turn it up to 11. Well, yeah, because Krennic says right then and there, like, Aren't we going to blow up the whole thing? And, yeah. No, the Holy City will do for today. Well, and they blow up Scarif later in the movie. Exactly. Yeah. And then, well, I think that's another instance of... Not the whole planet? Not the whole planet. Do we know for sure? Um, I don't know. No. I, I don't remember. Uh, it could be the whole planet, but we already know that only a couple hours after that, they blow up all of Alderaan, so... I'm sure there's an explanation for this, but how come it takes uh, Jetta and Scarif so long to blow up, but well, Alderaan goes in seconds. That's why I'm assuming that Scarif is the same as Jeddah. Yeah. I think it's in the sense that they don't use the full power of the laser. Right. Uh, and probably in Scarif's case, they had to because they were like, okay, let's just blow up. We know we're blowing up one of our facilities. They pro- they maybe had more facilities on Scarif that didn't want to blow up. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Although apparently Jeddah is, the whole, whole planet is done after this movie. I don't okay. know. Like they, Luke goes there uh, in, a, in a cartoon, in a comic and... Uh, like it's it's a wasteland. The planet is destroyed. Okay, uh, it exists uh, about three quarters of it. Yeah, but it's destroyed the whole thing. And it's not like it was this wondrous palatial place before. Now it's like Chernobyl desert. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. So. Now um, I, I said I like the hologram. I will say, and and I'm not sure if I would have written it any differently, but the hologram and just the entire monologue from from. Galen or so is really expository. It is. So I did the one thing nobody expected. I lied. I learned to lie. I played the part of a beaten man resigned to the sanctuary of his work. I made myself indispensable. And all the while, I laid the groundwork of my revenge. We call it the Death Star. There is no better name. And the day is coming soon when it will be unleashed. I've placed a weakness deep within the system a flaw so small and powerful and they will never find it and i don't mind it i guess and like that's a that's an effective device you got a lot of stuff to make up here mm. but it it's not hidden exposition at all it could not be less hidden no and but they call it the death star is a exciting punchy line it is um but i've that, hidden a thing in here and you can do this but to is, be honest, is really uh macguffin-y actually yeah, oh my god, absolutely. Yeah. But if, if I'm not mistaken, like we've already heard it a good line about the name the Death Star in this movie, have we not? Uh yeah, um 
Jin says it to Sakurera, or maybe she says it to to Cassian. They call the Death Star, um, but they have no idea how powerful its weapon is, or something like that. There's two. They call it the Death Stars. Yeah, I remember. I like the other one better. Yeah, they call it the Death Star, and there's no better name. Yeah, yeah. But no, I I agree. I I, I do feel very much that uh, Mads Mikkelsen is a huge waste in this role. You can cast anybody. My big uh, nitpick of this entire movie, and I realized watching this 20, is that there's too many characters in it. Well, this 20 is useless. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, th- this 20 could absolutely be four minutes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know about four minutes, but it, it could be a lot shorter. Yeah. You're right. I, I just find that while I don't actively dislike any characters in this movie, I think we could probably take Donnie Yen and his his other guy with the machine gun. I think we can make the, them one character. Even Bodhi, I think we could probably find a way to make him not in this film. You can make him not in this film. The problem is that he is a MacGuffin, and that's stupid. Yeah. Because he then passes the message on, which gets left behind, and then Jin has the message, and it's like te- the game Telephone. It's It just it, it does work because they need a crew right. to execute their mission, but... Uh, and maybe they do it this way so that we don't become too attached to all of to any in particular character throughout the movie and then have them die. Sure. There's a lot of potential reasons as to potentially why it's done. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I mean, the reason why we're getting Cassian and K2, we're going to learn so much more about them. This movie is going to become a lot better from that. That's true. Because they're going to be the main characters from our eyes because they're going to be the only ones we care about. Did you hear why uh, Riz Ahmed was not at Star Wars Celebration? It was in the news this week. Yes, it was something really, it was... Uh, Held at the border. Yeah, it was border shit. I knew there was a flight issue. I just, yeah. it, was it in the U.S. the border issue or? I guess I don't. Probably. I don't know. Well, where is celebration held? Uh, well, California. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, no, Cal- uh, celebration was held in Chicago this year. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I he's from the U.K., right? So yeah, he was who probably knows where he was, it, it was but, airport shit. It yeah. was like your brown airport shit. Yeah, which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, I don't really have any other comments about the 20 itself because, like you said, it's not that rich. It's fun to watch, and there's some good lines it in it. It is fun to watch, But yeah. there's, not, it, there's not a lot of rich story happening here. Uh, I did like Chirrut's line of, the force moves darkly near a creature that's about to kill. I yes. that was a good line. That's right. I, I wrote that line down, too. Yeah, and that is, uh, that's the one that gets Jin like, okay, who's the creature who's about to kill? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking speaking of uh, the news, and I realize I'm jumping all over the place, but did you see Donnie Yen do the bottle cap challenge? Yes, it was the most <laughs> badass thing. The bottle I cap know. challenge is... It, it's it, too hard for it to be as popular as it is. Okay, I was able to say that. <laughs> it seems stupid, but so many people are doing it, yeah. and I don't see how that's possible. Me neither. However, of all of the people on Earth, if I had to pick only... Who who could do it? He'd be probably one of them. I didn't really know anything about him, but he's a huge Chinese movie star. Oh, he's huge. He yeah. is like, he is Jet Li too. Yeah. No, absolutely. He's yeah. He's he's a he's like Robert Downey Jr. in China. I think. Yeah. And the reason we got him in uh, Star Wars is his son. So. Because who? His son. His son likes Star Wars. His son really likes Star Wars, and so oh, he neat. was like, "Oh, this is great. I'll get to do this for my son." There's a little um, uh, underrepresentation of Asian people in Star Wars in general. Oh, anyway. hardcore! The main yeah. character in Star Wars Resistance is 100% intended to be of uh, Asian heritage in the style that right. they've created uh, the character. Uh, and I know, obviously, Rose and Paige. Um, oh yeah, Rose. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll see more though. I, I don't see any reason why not. And no. Then, uh, yeah, there's a lot of great uh, Asian actors out there, and it, they're getting more. It, it is nice because that is something that I definitely 2018, 2019 has been a movement for 
Asian American culture and yes. pop culture. So that's true. It could definitely lead and continue. Uh, do you have any other thoughts about this 20 or should we move on to the news? There's probably lots of things to say in the news. All right, yeah. There isn't really a whole lot left to say on that 20. Let's start off with some super low credibility rumors. Okay. Uh, these were two that have circled in the last two weeks. I think they've come from the source. Uh, we've got this covered, and that's the reason why they've both come from that same area. They both seem too specific. Um, they just don't sit right. Yeah. Uh, but one of them is that they're looking to create a Mara Jade storyline. Uh, obviously, it would have to be altered of sorts. They so that she wouldn't be Luke's love interest? I would assume that would be an alteration that right. they would have to make. Although, are we to, uh, to really believe that between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, Luke never fell in love? Luke has a lot of affairs throughout his yeah. life. And in uh, like Heir to the Jedi, he has like a relationship and she dies at the end. And there's a few like, and those sort of things happens. Potentially they could have like a small Sebastian Stan cameo of Luke Skywalker that hints at something who knows. Right. But I also don't think this is remotely true because okay. it's also clearly, it states that they want an Emily Blunt type actress. And so it just seems too specific. Yeah, it the does. The other one. And I believe not Emily Blunt. We want an Emily or, Blunt No, type. Emily Blunt or an Emily Blunt type actress. Right. Okay. Uh, the other one being, uh, Far more likely, because there have been rumors about this in the past, uh, a Darth Bane TV show. Oh, However, yeah. the very, like, it was, it's very specific. It stated that they want Dave Bautista. Oh. Now. Really? He's not a good actor. He's doing a lot of things. I like him. And he's, he's charming in, like, comedic roles, but I don't think he's a good actor. I think he's taking on more acting roles. It's like giving and John so, Cena a role in Star Wars. I wouldn't say that. But at the same time. I, I I don't know if he's necessarily experienced enough at this point. Right. I mean, um, he has a relationship with like Disney in that he's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's just a lot to carry on your shoulders. Big Star Wars franchise. That's true. And it is a TV show, uh, but the character doesn't necessarily need to say a whole lot. Right. Um, yeah, that's true. There's a lot of things that you could present in a very menacing way. However, it is the, the individual who kills all of the Sith. True. So you do need... Uh, However, in the article, it was talking about that it would take place after that. So it would be taking place in his hunt for his first apprentice for the rule of two. And you also didn't think this ru this rumor has a whole lot of credibility. I don't think this no. rumor has a whole lot of credibility. However, I think a Darth Bane TV show is an inevitability. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think it would be stupid to not do one uh, after you have either released the movie or released the timeline or released the information about... Uh, when you're bringing Knights of the Old Republic back. Do you have any ideas about another like burly kind of actor who might excel in that role? Uh, personally, Liev Schreiber. That's who I want. Oh, that's better. That's immediately better. Yeah. Immediately I think, better. I think he would be, he can pull off the the cold, calculating uh, approach like he did with Ray Donovan, but also somebody with somehow charm and charisma that you cheer for despite them being terrible yeah. and despite them saying almost nothing. Yeah, I like that a lot uh, more. So he's my 100% first choice. He's proven himself as and a good actor too. Yeah, he's been my choice uh, since I heard about the very first rumor many months ago when there was uh, the Obi-Wan TV show rumors. Right. Uh, Game of Thrones concept artist now working on the Cassian show. So that's good just mm -hmm. in terms of having high quality people working on that show. Right. Uh, more extended gameplay has come out for Jedi Fallen Order. So there's about like 40 minutes of gameplay out there now. People are really liking it. And also, uh, there was a lot of fan input on the lightsabers saying that the core was not bright enough and wasn't white enough. Okay. Uh, and, and ultimately, 
he like they responded and, and they they put a, a post and were like, hey, we've heard your criticisms. You're 100 percent right. We've gone into the mechanics. We've adjusted it in a couple different ways. Uh, we think you're going to really like uh, the changes we've made. People just didn't like the way the lightsabers looked in the video. Game. Yeah, it didn't look it, it looked too much like a, like a single color and not like it was glowing. Exactly. Gotcha. It didn't look like our the lightsabers we know and love. I see. Yeah, um, lightsabers have a very thick uh, band of white right through the blade. It's interesting because it depends on how you depict them. Yeah. And I think part of the reason, there's a lot of Rebels inspiration going into this. Mm -hmm. And Rebels inspiration, while Rebels has a very unique cartoon style to it, uh, and it is actually more in line with Ralph McQuarrie's drawings because they're drawings, uh, but... It's there is some things like the lightsabers are thinner in Rebels than they yes. would ever appear in any other Star Wars content. Right. And so the, potentially something like that had influence on it. And that's what just distracted them into making it that way. But they're listening. And so that's just nice to see. Yeah, you're right. That's nice. Um, other big news would be uh, Lucasfilm. This has been a while since we had a podcast, uh, and Lucasfilm has hired Michelle Rejwan as Senior VP of Live Action Development and Production, i.e. Uh, Disney Films right. and Disney Plus content that is live action Star Wars. Right, and what's her resume? Uh, she has worked for uh, Lucasfilm for seven years alongside Kathleen Kennedy since she took over uh, this job. Uh, she's worked along J.J. Abrams, um, for uh, many years, did yeah. Super 8 with him, did The Force Awakens with him, has produced uh, The Rise of Skywalker with him. She's a real protege of J.J.'s. Uh, yeah, essentially she's yeah. somebody that J.J. and Kathleen... Padawan, if you will. Yeah, J.J. and Kathleen trust a ton. J.J.'s going away from Lucasfilm. He's yeah. going to Warner. Yeah. Uh, and so that means Kathleen needs somebody who can run the creative side of things, maybe somebody who has a little bit of J.J. in her, but costs probably 5% of what JJ costs. Right. And ultimately somebody who she has a good communication and rapport with so that she doesn't need to be looking over her shoulder. She can have ultimate trust in what she's doing. And also uh, Michelle Rejwan is known as being a director and creators director. Okay. Uh, sorry, producer. So in terms of like really working well with, with uh, creators and directors, uh, and so that is encouraging for just building out the right people to build out Star Wars content. So, so she she's an artist, but she can get stuff made and done. She's not a flake. Yeah, I mean, I would even, I wouldn't necessarily say it that way. I would say she is uh, she by the sounds of things is a people person. Yeah, she has the ability to get the right people having the right conversations at the right times. Okay. Uh, and but she's capable of an artistic vision. I mean, she's yes, not she's not like a paper pusher. 100%. And that's yeah. and that's what's important here. And this this role has been desperately needed. It's essentially Dave Filoni's role, uh, but the live action version, which is obviously a, a more noticeable role. Uh, I kind of thought there was I didn't think this was going to happen when they said that Ryan Johnson and Dan and Dave were going to work together. Mm -hmm. I assumed they were going to make the creative leadership team and then that would allow Kathleen to still just do the producerial work. But right. this is great. I think it's having somebody in that role. If the next four movies are shit, fire her. But what a gig for somebody whose name is not notable at all. Oh, like, I know. Like, she's not a famous person at all. And, like, suddenly she's, like, calling her parents and she's just, like... She has I'm the, in charge of the Star Wars movies now. Yeah, she has the <laughs> great... She has the coolest job on the face of the earth. That's insane. Yeah. Man. I wonder what they're paying her. Do you know? Uh, I have no idea, but probably a good chunk of change. Oh, but sure. Also, or she has back end on all Star Wars movies, which is not too shabby either. I think there's a, almost a 0% chance of that. Yeah. Uh, I think that she, she, that's not true. She's I, this I producer. Agree. She would have back end, but the tiniest, 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 tiniest. 
the reason partly is she's probably so goddamn cheap. Yeah, as far as someone like this goes. As far as someone like this goes, she is probably laughably cheap. The right. same way that Daisy Ridley and John Boyega were so laughably cheap for the stars that they've become. Right, but it's interesting that just for the optics, they don't want somebody with a little bit more cachet. I mean, I guess they've had that, and it's went, it's worked fine for them, but they're in a new phase now. I think also there's potential that if you do that, there's too much risk of their influence. Yeah, that's true. Whereas there's potential for Michelle Rejwan to... Suddenly you got a Wes Anderson Star Wars movie, and it looks off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, for example... Uh, Del Toro wanted to do a, a Mos Eisley movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and I he almost. See that, and I, think it, I think it was kind of almost green lit. I want to see that. Though. That's, That's one of the ones that a lot of people think would be really cool. But yeah. for example, you do need somebody to make sure he stays within the lines. Yeah, you're right. And that's the kind of thing that's important to have. And if you can have somebody who's maybe a little bit more present than Kathleen Kennedy, it should all work out. I, I think it's a great move. And this is what makes Quentin Tarantino doing a Star Trek movie so bizarre and interesting. Because, like, how is he expected to follow the rules of that universe? That's a very good point. Yeah. I, I think Star Trek has a little bit more leniency. More leniency on a lot of things. Yeah. And I think they have strayed from that a bit in the past in terms of the way that genres have been. It's also displayed. just not as valuable of a franchise. No. It's valuable, but cinematically, certainly not. As no, much not as Star even Wars. close. No. The value, when you consider the value of toys. And just the overall economic value. Right. I'm curious now what Star Trek would sell for. If Star Wars sold for four billion and it would sell for probably ten billion more than that now. I don't I don't know if it would crack the B. I don't think it would. I don't know if it would. No, just... it definitely wouldn't, because when you look at what Fox sold for and what other studios sell for right. and what good ro bad robot just uh went for. Well and JJ's also done with Star Trek probably, yeah. right? So like I think their movies have peaked for at least this generation. They've got a TV show on this the air right now. This generation or the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> um and they've got a TV show on the air right now, but it just it, at least in this zeitgeist it doesn't have the same kind of volume. No, it definitely doesn't. No. But anyway, back to Star Wars. Yes. Uh anyway, I think she she got the job for a reason. She clearly they clearly interviewed more than one right. person Great. and what else do you have to say? We weren't in the room. And Kathleen Kennedy knows her shit. Yes. She understands what makes a good producer because she's the greatest of all time. That's right. She is the goat. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, and if you don't believe that, gotta IMDB a woman. Yeah. No she's kidding. She's something else. Um, Rise of Skywalker, there's not a whole lot of information, but just a little bit out here and there. Uh, it is Mark Hamill's last Star Wars movie. Uh, his quote being, well, because Luke Skywalker had closure in the last one. The fact that I'm involved in any capacity is only because that peculiar aspect in Star Wars mythology where if you're a Jedi, you get to come back and make a curtain call as a Force ghost. Okay. So we know specifically he will be a Force ghost. Interesting he said that. Yes, it was. Uh, it's, it's not even news making because it's so clear that was going to happen. But like. Exactly. But th at the same time, it's also another bit of Mark Hamill being frustrated, I think. Yeah, yeah probably. No. Uh, Daisy Ridley is likely done too. Uh, she says never say never, obviously, but she has no plans to return to the Star Wars world. She is in discussions for no new Star Wars uh, content after this. Right. Her Harrison Ford would have said the same thing 20 years ago. Yep. Uh, her story, but yeah, and she said never say never. Right. Uh, her story uh, has closure, and uh, we find out 100% uh, about her background and parentage uh, that is not left up in the air. Oh, wow. Um, however,. I will have to say, I've been doing some brainstorming because it's always fun and we haven't had a oh, chance yeah. to chat in a while. <laughs> um, and so I'm really calm. I, the more I think about it 
and the more that the theories kind of align, and we've already just chatted about this before, but I do think Ray might be. I think Ray's a Skywalker. Oh, weird. I don't think Ray is the child of Luke or Leia. Okay. But I think Ray is probably a Skywalker. Someone else? Does uh, Shmi have another kid? That's my guess. Whoa. So there's a chance that could be the case. It may not be at all. Are you saying she's a Lars? She could be. That would be freaking crazy. That would be. However, the hidden message in the Vanity Fair cover, the sun is rising behind Ray. Yep. The rise of Skywalker. Yeah. It kind of seemed pretty obvious. But your then, only, it's not that obvious. No, no, is no. that your only no, reason? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. And, and this is like, George Lucas has been describing kind of some of his visions for the way that this trilogy would have been executed. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of past information on that. So putting some of that stuff together, whereas Leia wasn't initially supposed to be Luke's sister. Right. The character that was going to be introduced in 789, the young female, was supposed to be Luke's sister. Oh. The character Kira, who would become Rey. And those movies would have been done a lot closer exactly. to- Exactly. Yeah. Leia would have been trained in the Force by Luke. In the end, Luke would have died in nine, leaving Leia and Kira to carry on the Jedi Order moving forward. It's hmm, a good story. would have taken down Palpatine uh, in Palpatine's resurrection, which was always planned. Wow. Uh, yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. And uh, Palpatine's always been the great evil of Star Wars. Yep, absolutely. And so the Period, whole- Period, full stop. Yep, 100%. He wasn't supposed to be in, um, I don't know. I don't think he was even supposed to be in uh, Return of the Jedi. Really? I think he was supposed to be somebody that, George Lucas intended to do the prequels on. Right. But had he thought he was going to do all nine movies, would have saved until nine. Would have only put in one, two, three, and nine. So when he made Return of the Jedi, he really thought it was never going to happen that he'd get to make. He thought there was nine? a better chance that he would make the prequels than seven, eight, nine. And so Which he, was true. And he, absolutely. And so yeah. he consolidated them and thus made Luke Leia's sister, wrapped up the story by bringing in the Emperor, had Vader have like that moment and so there was always making it work and so it just it kind of summed up nicely for him i wonder if he gets a lot of joy out of the fact that palpatine's coming back or if he feels nothing at this point i think he probably feels a uh, I, I think it's probably quite hard for him i think he tries to avoid it probably yeah. a little bit but it, at the same time it would be impossible uh it is interesting though because i do think there's a chance that jj's using a lot of what george had initially mocked up yeah i think that's and true. chatting about for this uh this next trilogy and so if you keep some of those threads, how do you bring back that character? How do you right. have somebody who's the rise of Skywalker? And so if we know that's the title, I already said I don't think Ben makes any sense to be the Skywalker in question. It only makes sense really to be, because he, yeah, he's He's not going to turn good, you mean? Yeah, but no, he's going to have a redemption arc. But yeah. calling this the rise of Skywalker, referring to Ben Solo is stupid. It is. And if we're referring to Luke Skywalker's Force Ghost, also seems like a stupid title. Uh, right. If Luke comes back and does something beyond epic, different story. And then there's also the very common theory that Skywalker will be a new type of force user or a new word for force ghost or new word for something um, just because it makes a lot of sense and it can show kind of a rising to the occasion, giving Rey the ability to take that mantle or Kylo the ability to take that mantle. Maybe but, Skywalker is broom kid. But there is more potential on that because when you think about it, why was Shmi taken by the Sand People? Maybe she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Palpatine took her. Oh, had, God. Had the kid, froze the kid in carbonite. Shmi was left to be tortured by the Sand People and Anakin to find her. The kid is 
kept away and hidden and frozen forever. Right. And because Darth Vader works, he never needs to activate her. Oh, God, that's so good. And ultimately, she, when Palpatine dies, she's in a Jakku facility, which gets destroyed during the war to shitbags find her. Which explains why Kylo Ren would say, what girl? He's in on this. Exactly. He's heard of it. I mean, it doesn't, she doesn't have to be frozen in carbonite. She could just be a couple generations descended from. She could be. Yeah. But I don't think there's, I think there's, there's no way they're going to have another Skywalker bloodline and not tell us about the other people. You're right. It would have to be something that. This is good. You came with good shit today. I did. And I'm really happy because these are all my theories too. I'm really proud of myself. I like it a lot. The carbonite one, um, I'm sure somebody else on the internet has thought of that, but uh, I was just trying to like, how can you make her a different age? Because her age doesn't work. No. It doesn't work for anything. Yeah, it's just generationally. You're right. It doesn't align for any of Kylo's story. It doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. Well, and it's weird that she's just slightly a generational of Kylo. Yeah, she's ten years younger than him. Yeah, that's enough for it to be disruptive. But she's also like, it would work if she was six years old, because yep. Kylo's been evil for six years. That's right. And you could align something in there. Yep. But it just doesn't make sense her age, and I don't think they're going to retcon the filthy junk traders thing. No. But if you make it that that's the believed parents, then yeah. she kind of has to be found. Yeah. Or she has to be delivered by somebody. And I've already and I already told the potential that Mara Jade's uh, Emperor's Hand theory could be carried on through Zori or even something. And so nice. I think there's a lot of ways in which you can satisfy all of the legends, lore, and all of the things that we loved about Star Wars without breaking from things that have already been established, not only just in the canon, but in the movies. Yep. And by George Lucas. Yep. And so, I don't know, gets me really excited because there's so many different possibilities as to what could be the case. However, this is Ray's damn story. She has to be the Skywalker in question. Yeah, you're right. She has to be. You're right. The rise of Skywalker. But she's not going to die in this movie. No, God, no. But then the Skywalkers go on. Well, yeah. But then again, there's, there's a way in which you could have it where if she's discovering after all this time. Right. And also, we were fine for decades with uh, the Skywalkers carrying on after Return of the Jedi. Yeah, exactly. And then there's also the notion that it would explain why she's so connected to Ben. Because, yeah, obviously they're related, but very specifically, her brother would have been Anakin. Yeah. And Ben is the same. Yep. They're the same rage monster. Yep. And so they would have a very direct connection. And it would also explain why the lightsaber went directly to her in the force awakens mm-hmm. uh it would explain why they've constantly been it, it just explains a lot i hope you didn't spoil this for me well come on if i just guess this out of the blue i'll be that'll be pretty cool it its would own be right pretty sweet yeah. and the best part is there's no way we'll know there's nope. so many good theories potentials that even if you get it right you're not going to know until it's been revealed you're right and then you're still not even going to be sure until the credits roll you're right so, like, that's the way I see. Speculate responsibly. Don't get married to an idea. But <laughs> holy shit, is it fun to think of all the possible ways in which this could go down? Um, because I don't know. They're, they're they're set up well. Yeah, I'm I'm really really curious. Snoke is an interesting piece. What is the kind of the angle there? Where did he come into play? Um, but we will find out soon enough. Okay, next thing. Got anything else? I think that's it. That's it? Okay, I got a couple of birthday uh, wishes I want to uh, announce. Uh, We're a couple of weeks away from the podcast, so Thursday, June 27th, happy birthday to J.J. Abrams. Woo-hoo! 
Uh, Monday the 1st, which was this past Monday, Canada Day, happy birthday to David Prowse. Nice. And uh, incoming next week, July the 9th, happy birthday to Jimmy Smits. On our last podcast, Good which feel, feels like ages ago, we just kind of impromptu uh, discussed um, what your thoughts were on the... Uh, uh, the entitlement of a certain Keanu Reeves to belong in the in the Star Wars universe. Yes, uh, and interesting. Then there there was this whole uh, news story about how Marvel is obsessed with the idea of putting Keanu Reeves in a yeah you in a were Marvel saying superhero they've movie. been trying for years. Uh, but this gave me the idea to create a new segment for this podcast where I give you two well known actors okay. or well known famous people, and you have to decide which of the two. One and not the other, you may only choose one, belongs in Star Wars, and you need to defend that choice. All right. So I will take this a step further, too. Okay. And I will characterize what they should be. I love it. And then decide. But you don't know who I'm going to pick. I, I want have you no to idea. do it. I want you to do it off the top of your head. I, will. I need you to defend why you chose the person you chose and why you didn't choose the other person. Okay. I'm gonna keep it really simple. Two of the biggest movie stars of all time from the same generation. And would never once have been up for the same role. Who belongs in Star Wars? Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise? I thought you were going to say Tom Cruise or Will Smith. Okay. Uh, Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise? Not even close Tom Hanks. Okay, why? Uh, Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise plays Tom Cruise. Tom Hanks plays Woody. Tom Hanks plays Captain Phillips. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Oh, he's a more diverse performer. There's no question. But that's what you need in Star Wars. Yeah. In either instance, their face is going to be off-putting. Yeah. However, like, what are you going to do? Have, like, there's no chance in hell Tom Cruise is going to play someone that doesn't have his face. Can you name any movie where he's ever not shown his face for the whole damn time? Uh, Like Tropic Thunder, he kind of puts on a different face. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, But I don't know. I, I honestly believe that Tom Hanks could play... I think he could play a Mon Cal. That's what I had. It's a Mon Cal. Uh, like Admiral Akbar. Okay. Yeah. That was my first thought is like Tom Hanks would play a character like that would be like uh, would be fighting in the rebellion, although that doesn't necessarily work per timelines, but who knows? But uh, I don't know. Uh, a, a senior warrior, uh, very wise uh, as a Mon Cal, Tom Cruise would be actually... He would be a pretty good Ardenian. Yeah. Yeah. Him and John Favreau. Sure. Uh, I will have Tom Cruise will be an Ardenian and Tom Hanks will be a Mon Cal and I will pick Tom Hanks. I actually think Tom Hanks could put his body in, in I, Star Wars. I, but I do, but too. But the that's... face would be off-putting. He'd have to have like a big white beard. He'd have to be like a sage or something. Mm-hmm. He couldn't just be like Tom Hanks in a shirt. Exactly. Well, Tom Hanks could though and that's the thing if you needed to put him in star wars he could be many different characters whereas yeah. tom cruise i think would be much harder to fit into a role who's like he's a great uh action performer obviously but like he just doesn't have the face of someone in star wars he just no. looks too earthly he looks yeah he looks very modern yeah um and he just is too clean cut action star whereas you can make tom hanks look like he's a castaway yes <laughs> yes all right. Well, that's all I got for this week's podcast. Yes. Yes. If it sounded a little weird to listeners, it's because it's so damn hot in my house that we decided to do this podcast on the back deck. Yeah. So, so it's actually been very lovely. And I hope that it sounds good enough that I can do more podcasts out here this summer because it is early July. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this has been quite pleasant. It's really, really nice. OK. So uh, if you want to be caught up to where we are in Rogue One by next week, watch the first uh, give or take 
uh, hour 20 of that movie. Um, in the meantime, if you want to send along your thoughts on this podcast or any other, you can email recorder66podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet us at recorder66. Rate and review on your preferred podcast app. And until we're together again, may the force be with you.